Hey, yo, how you doing? This is Deshaun Woods of the City of Coaches Podcast. Yes, City of Coaches Podcast. I am so happy to be back with you guys today. Do have a fun, full pack uh, conversation piece today. Um, just talk about various different topics from the NBA, JBA to the Big Three to NCAA to production to growth, something like that. So. Well, it's been a while since I had a conversation, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and start off. So, a lot of things has happened this summer. I did travel a little bit. Um, as you, I said in a couple episodes, I did move to Arizona. I don't think I shared it. I officially moved to Arizona, but I did officially move to Arizona. Arizona. I did this at a high school coaching position. This is a little bit different from college coaching, but that'll be the best situation for me. I always thought about going back to the high school level once I became a college coach. Is that crazy? You want to go backwards. But the thing is, as a college coach, you see things differently. Um, You notice a lot of kids don't actually stick through, whether it's the coursework or it's actually just the responsibility of being part of a team or, you know, probably being broke. There's various different things, and I noticed a lot of kids are lacking a lot of things when they come to certain levels. Now, grant being a former junior college coach, I don't have necessarily the tools or the accessibilities or uh, to help as much as someone from a Division One or a Division Two school. But being a junior college opportunity is still an opportunity, right? Once you get opportunities, what you do after that. So I thought it'd be best that even though I moved across the country, it'd be best to go ahead and take a high school position so I can show these kids really how to be successful and actually at least get past the first two years of college, right? So we'll see how it goes. Uh, took a school here in uh, Tucson, Arizona called Tankerberry High School. Look out for us because I'm definitely uh, going to level up with that school 100%. I don't do anything half. I do everything full. So I'm excited for the young men to really, uh, what we're going to bring to the table. So, you know, so I did a lot of traveling. I did went back home. I went back to Ohio. I spent some time in Indiana. I went to the uh, Hoosier gym. If you remember the old hoop movie called Hoosiers? Um, it's about a, uh, a farm school. Well, a small town actually taking it way over to state championship and playing against Oscar Robinson's team um, out of Indiana uh, in the championship um, at Butler University. So that was cool to see that gym. They preserved it very well. It just made me think I was watching the movie all over again with the Missouri, Oklahoma. So basically, you know, traveling across the country and seeing the various different cities and places and stopping by and saying hello and taking pictures and stuff like that, because that's the way the world is today. So we're back home, folks on the team. Um, But one thing I did notice on my pond coming back home, um, and I will talk more about certain different things. Let's talk about the JBA right now, the JBA, Junior Basketball Association. I know you guys know I've been talking about the JBA since I first started this freaking podcast, right? Especially with LeVar Ball and his family. So the season has ended. So the first inaugural season has ended. in my opinion, it's a success. People said it's going to be a bust. I never thought it would be 50,000 people in the stands, but they at least got a 1,000 or so, 2,000, certain places, a 1,000. So some tickets, even had some professional athletes get seen showing, shown at the game. 
you know, it's a coincidence that uh, Los Angeles Ballers team that actually has LaMelo and uh, D'Angelo Ball on the team. They actually won the championship, and every player received a Cadillac, 2018 Cadillac in the process. But my biggest takeaway from it is seeing all these young men have an opportunity to showcase their skill set in front of their traveling across the country and, and you know, basically seeing opportunities they probably necessarily wouldn't have seen before. Was it worth foregoing college? Who knows? But honestly, truthfully, some of these kids, you probably wasn't even you think they're going to have the grades or not even going to have the exposure um, to really say if they're missing out on college or not. So we'll see how that goes. So we see how the JBA goes. It's more successful than I thought it was going to be. I've always been a supporter of LeVar Ball as a parent because I was talking about that later, but there's more than one LeVar Ball in this country, trust me, in the world, especially when as a coach you experience it all. So much success to the big baller brand and the JBA. Look forward for bigger ticket sales. Uh, probably smaller venues, though. I feel like the venues were a little bit too big for for what they got going on. So probably make adjustment on that next season. Um, but people enjoy themselves watching. It's not like it was some boring basketball. Probably too much scoring. Probably too much, in my opinion, it's probably too much time for four. Probably should be back down. It should be about 40-minute games. Should be at least a college regulation. You know, playing 48 minutes. Hmm. Scores a little bit too high. No defense. So, Maybe be some adjustments, but there are always adjustments in life. Another thing, cool thing that's finishing up that just finished was the big three. Now, the big three was a lead um, that came upon last year by, you know, Ice Cube, you know, O'Shea Jackson, um, and some investors last year. You know, last year when they first had an opportunity, there were some stars in it, probably – some stars, some players that played a little bit in NBA, but the fact is that you gave these people opportunity to play a little bit longer in front of some lights and some vans. So some people that we didn't see in a long time or even a couple of years uh, we were able to see last year, um, especially with um, uh, Muhammad Sharif, Abdul Sharif, um, for the three-headed monsters. Somebody who was a monster, actually, in college. Uh, Vanderbilt and his time in Denver, monster. When I say I look at some, I mean, he was probably beheaded his time. Now, there were some political reasons because of his name change or whatever he feels why he was shorted. I believe he was shorted because he still got game. But you got to see him come out. And, you know, we, we almost saw Iverson. He just wasn't quite up to it. So we could talk about this year. So they made a decision last year to have it all the games pre-recorded, but wasn't fair because the big three social media content were actually showing things live and actually showing who won live. So it kind of took the element of surprise out when it comes to a game. So they made a decision to have the games live this year, which was remarkable because we got to see some live some live action and actually the games are very, very intense. 
you know, you've seen a lot of players come out of retirement like Ron Artest and, you know, Birdman, Chris Anderson and Quentin Richardson and Castillo Mobley and Steven Jackson and Mike Bibby and Glenn Baby Davis and Al Harrington and even Rashad McCants, you know, just to name a few and uh, White Mamba. Uh, I can't actually – Stalabringi, that's his uh, last name. So you get to see all these people that you haven't seen in a long time compete very tough, and they gave a good three. I mean, I've never seen three and three so so remarkable and fun and so energetic, and I'm pretty sure they had a good time. So shout out to Power. Power is a team that was led by Nancy Lieberman. Nancy Lieberman, if you don't know, is a Hall of Fame basketball player and probably will be a Hall of Fame coach one day. But for sure, she's a Hall of Fame basketball player from New York, played basketball in the city. Didn't matter where she was at, she played basketball. She had a story where she wore, you know, extra clothes so she could play the bigger guys so they wouldn't have a problem playing against her, wearing about, you know, her body type and size. Yeah, Nancy, she uh, had a good, a good professional career, got into coaching. She was the, one of the first NBA coaches, assistant coaches, um, with the Sacramento Kings and got a chance to lead uh, Christina Mobley, Glenn Davis, um, Chris Anderson, uh, you know, that is Chris Anderson, Birdman, uh, Quentin, uh, Quentin Richardson, and I can't think who else is on the team, led them to a championship against various different teams, um, some jam-packed teams. They won a championship. So shout out to Power, Team Power. Uh, for winning the championship, especially uh, when Nancy Lieber been running the show. It shows that men are still are, are adjusting and learning that women know the game, if not more, sometimes better, and they can coach you. And it seemed like the, the best. Oh, yeah, Corman Getty. Can't forget he had a really career, another career injury. He was a, I guess, I'm just telling you, it just gets people, it's just probably simple how this type of thing gets people opportunity to still want to play. Like he trained and got back in shape just for this league. Anybody else would be like, I'm not playing nobody. Like, yo, I want to keep playing in this league. So he trained and got back healthy, and they end up getting the MVP of the whole the whole lead. Um, so it shows that this gets people, you know, the game never dies. No different if you're playing with, you know, younger kids or you're playing with your your grandson or whatever it is. Like, you still want to be part of the game. That's what it is. I'm not sure if it will stay the big three. The popularity is getting crazy. A lot of it, it seems to be getting bigger and bigger, which is always what you want. So I'm not sure if they'll go to the big five. I'm not sure if they'll go to a five-on-five league. But right now, I'm pretty sure it's going to be tough. They're probably going to add some teams or something because it's going to be tough because – the roster's not going to do nothing but getting more and more noticeable. I'll say that. I wouldn't say better. More and more noticeable with some of the top-tier players that played the game once. Ron Artest came out and played. You know, Monty Starmeyer came out and played. Josh Childress, the first player to sign a major contract overseas after playing in the NBA already, um, played. So who knows? I'm not saying they'll get a Kobe out, but I'm pretty sure they'll get a Kevin Durant out or something like that. So that's always good to know that they'll get those type of players out to be part of the program. Um, so shout out to the big three. So we got that out the way. So hmm, let's talk about Duke. Okay, so we go to NCAA now. Now Duke decided to make – now all colleges do this. Most major colleges do this. 
when they go overseas, they play different countries, play professional teams overseas, just so they can get themselves, you know, foot in the door and see what they can do, see what they can throw out, see what they can do against other teams. It's a good experience for the kids to be able to get a passport, go overseas, pay for it, so something like that. So Duke decided with their new phenomenal three freshmen, probably five, but I would say we'll just talk about uh, uh, Barrett and uh, Zion Williams for now. They go over there in Canada and destroy. I mean, Zion Williams is 280 pounds, and he looks remarkable. When I say the boy is chiseled, and he's ready to dominate the NBA right now. So we'll see what happens for him next year. But Barrett is the one I feel what Lonzo could have been. Lonzo Ball is a great player, but I just see Barrett just surpassing him and actually being an NBA-rated player. So I'm pretty sure this is probably going 1-2 in a draft. Let's see how college goes. I know it's it's, a, it's predetermined, but, yeah, let's see how they go with the college teams. Duke already ready to handle things already, so that's always good to see. So one of the coolest things um, – I have the I'm saying this is space because I am a Laker fan and we just got Le, uh LeBron James and normally I would be tearing up LeBron James and such things like that but honestly truthfully I don't know if I could do this anymore. I mean the man is just taking his own career in his own hands and he's flipping everything that the reporter says shut up and dribble or whatever and just prove that he is more than basketball. And that first thing I will have to talk about LeBron James for a little bit. I'm going to call it the truth. No matter what I feel about LeBron James, I'm not going to utter a disrespectful or anything about LeBron James because I just truthfully, he's on to something. <laughs> LeBron James is on to something. One of the biggest things that hits, fits me personally, my times at the inner city basketball coach, I dealt with different scenarios and different situations, you know, whether it's a kid who lights are cut off or parents can't pay bills or they got to do certain things on the side to help support or even support themselves or, you know, they sleep in cars or whatever I've experienced as a coach. Um, probably had teammates going through the same situation I didn't know, but as a coach, I experienced those things because you do. So there's a show called The Best Shot. Now, The Best Shot is a show starring Jay Williams. Now, Jay Williams, if you don't know who Jay Williams, Jay Williams was 2002 second overall pick in the NBA draft. Jay Williams um, is a champion in that Duke, um, two-time All-American at Duke University. Um, unfortunately, he had an accident on a motorcycle end up, you know, hurting his leg and it was never able to recoup and get back on the court. Jay Williams decided he, he manned up and he found another way. So most people know Jay Williams as a anchor or or broadcaster, however you want to look at it, for college basketball. He's been doing that for a while. At least to the point he's one of the top people now because he's been doing it for a while. But Jay decided to come up to Ma- uh, Maverick Carter for an idea for a TV show. And it hit. Now, YouTube uh, actually airs this show weekly, every Wednesday. You can binge watch it, but right now at this point, it's in the last week. So by the time this aired, that episode will be, that final eighth episode will already be aired. So it's no point to even say get the YouTube premium because now you can actually just watch all of them. Um, 
So check it out, the best shot. Now it's a show about the fact that he actually goes to an inner city high school out of his hometown of Newark, and Newark, New Jersey, and he helps a um, a basketball coach. I won't say help, but he actually shows the kids, you know, success. I don't mean say success. He'll just say this, I got you, right? Like I show you, like, hey, I come from this type of area. This is my life and this is my experience. So he talks to the kids about, you know, knowing his own experience as a player. He also talks about his experience, you know, knowing all these other great players. His Kobe Bryant story, everyone knows about Kobe, you know, training for hours and hours and training, training. He asked Kobe why he's trying. Kobe says, because you walked in the gym. <laughs> I think that's funny, but it's just a testament to Kobe. And then his experience with LeBron James. I feel like you never seen a player just like it. No one has seen a player like LeBron James. So, you know, so they're filming this team, you know, starting out the season and winning and losing and actually, you know, end up being a really good team, actually. And it just shows like tribulation, whether it's great issues, where we all know a lot of we have issues academically, you know, or there's issues with I'm staying with my mom, but my mom might take care of me. So aunt gets involved. So you stay with a family relative. Right. That's not a new narrative, you know, or. I think I got to help my mom pay for this, that, third, so they find ways to pay for things. Not to really get into, you know, in what ways, but we all know what that means. So you have, see so how you worry about that, so I'll be worried about the street life, so I'll be focused on different things. And you show that, you know, coaches at the end of the day, like coaches want you to be, forget about the show for right now. It's just something I have to state. Coaches always, always want their players to get farther or be better than them. A true coach would never, ever, ever tell a player, I want you to be under me. No, coaches make sacrifices to be in these children's lives to show like, hey, I made it this far. Let me coach someone that can get farther than me or at least where I was as a player, as a student athlete. That is a coach's goal. We make sac as a coach. You make so many sacrifices. You pass up the higher you get. You pass up corporate jobs. You pass up all kind of different things. You find other ways to take care of yourself or your family. If you have that to be a part of these kids' lives for six, seven months out of the year, right? And, and sometimes it's through, it, it trickles down to the summer, some places, such things like that. So the whole narrative is, oh, this coach wants this and he wants all this. Like, bro, like, I all we want is you to probably call and say, hey, thank you, coach. You ain't even got to do that. I'm just saying that's the least we're probably expecting. You know, as a coach, you may, you want to, even me, I'm 32 years old, but I've been coaching, you know, basketball for 11 years. So I may get a call from one of my players, one of my younger days, who's now 20 or 19 or whatever it is, and just say, hey, coach, I see you still coaching. I see you doing this. They may not know the trials and tribulations that you may have gone through, but they see that you were there for them, right? The coach's dream is to be there for their players, their student athletes. You become a family. This whole narrative is, I see a lot of narrative, oh, the coach only thinks about themselves. Now, there are some situations they may you want to seize opportunities in certain situations, but you work like me, like a coach like me, I work myself, I work my way up. So I truly feel any anything opportunities come my way because I deserved it. 
it's not it's not saying that I don't care. It's just saying like, hey, I did it the right way. Middle school coach, high school coach, college coach, motivational speaker, all that stuff. So someone, some school call say, hey, coach, I want you on my bench. I thought I deserved it because I worked my way up, right? So it's not it's not about me. You know, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I'm going back to the high school level. I pretty much see how it is coach at the college level. Forget being a college player, doesn't that? But we're talking about being a coach. Now I can show these tools like, hey, it doesn't matter if you were the All-American or not. You could be a bench player. Why? Because as a college coach, I had six – well, we had six or seven walk-ons. I doubt was the man at their school, but they became college athletes. So no matter what skill set I may get, I may tell the kid, like, hey, you may not get no offers. You may not get no nothing. Keep your grades right, discipline, learn. You'll be able to walk on to school. Why? Because I was a coach that took on walk-ons. That is something I can bring back to that level. You know, people understand that, like, it's just it's just a different variable. So when I see the coaches of the show, I'm going to keep plugging it because I love the show. It, it fits personal for my, you know, my trying, my personal trying as a coach, as a mentor, you know, the best shot. So I'm looking at a situation where these coaches are like, basically like, hey, this I can win all day. But my goal is to get y'all into a college somewhere, to get y'all out of y'all neighborhood. Because, yeah, academics probably not going to do it for y'all. But let's see how I can help y'all get out of your neighborhood. Let's see how I can get you somewhere that you can get away and actually breathe. You're not, you're not ducking and dodging a gunshot every day or such things like that. Those, like I said, this, the story is so near and dear to my heart. Just watching the show and seeing what I had, the conversation I've had with my players. It just shows to really check it out. That these kids want opportunities. Like I see, like Jay Williams, he takes them off to Duke University. And he shows, you know, they get first, you know, first class treatment. They get to walk around the facility. They get to see the games. He's showing this opportunity to these kids to say, like, hey, there's another side. The other side of the fence ain't bad. Let's get over there. Let's get to the other side of the fence. And. That's why I love that show, and I hope that it keeps going. I hope it gets bigger and bigger. I hope it gets picked up by a major network. Whatever it is, I hope it happens and fast. But the testament to to LeBron James here, LeBron James is involved in a lot of things, right? LeBron James has not only got TV shows coming out, he has production deals, he's moving to L.A., so God knows what he got going on. So I just told you he's, you know, he's executive producer the show, The Best Shot. You know, the coolest thing I see is the show um, called The Shop. Now, The Shop is a show basically based out, I don't necessarily know if people really getting haircuts in the show, but it basically shows like how the com- how barbershop conversations really go down, you know, because not only, you know, that it just shows. I remember as a kid, I said all the time, I remember as a kid being in a barbershop, it don't matter if you got there at seven o'clock Saturday morning and you got a haircut at eight, you're done by 830, you still may not go home to about 12, one o'clock. And if a football game, or say a Ohio State game, or in my case, a Ohio State game in Ohio, or anything like that, and football game on a Saturday, 
you watching that game, especially that 12 o'clock game. So you thought you were getting out of there. You know, talk all the politics. You know, talk with somebody. Now you end up sitting there taking up space. You might not even get home at 6 o'clock p.m. And I'm just talking about this is the early 2000s, late, you know, early 2000s, okay? Talking about when they were starting to duel in down, when the, when the barbershop conversation was real, when you put your differences aside, no matter where you come from, what set you claim, whatever it may be in your life, you talk about politics, you may talk about community issues, you may talk about celebrities, you may talk about sports. Those are things of barbershop. And it still happens, you know, in the barbershop now, you kind of got to start the conversation. It doesn't already be going on. When I was growing up, it was going on. But I remember my father telling me stories when I was a kid, and he would tell me how when he was in the 70s and the 80s, how they would be in a barbershop nine hours, 10 hours. Barbershop didn't close at 12 at night. He opened that door at 6 in the morning because people would be talking for so long, right? People would be talking for so long, and they would talk about different, you know, what they're going through or community issues or famous players or famous people to, or where they traveled or where they're from. It was talking about you didn't have social media like me. I may sit there and talk about how great Kobe is online and talk about how no one could compete with him and LeBron's overrated. These are the type of things I probably have said on Facebook or something like that. And you engage in arguments with people, even politics, you're yelling or you're like some people do. I don't say everyone. So you're on politics, you're talking about this, and you're paying, you're sharing your opinion. But those just say those things were in the barbershop. Those things were actually you talking to someone in the person. And you will put the differences aside. Because even in that show with LeBron James, guess who's across from him talking to him? Draymond Green. Draymond Green, the guy who always trolls him after he won the championship. He's featured in this show, and they're sitting there in the barbershop, and they're talking about different things, and whether it's basketball, sports, whatever it is, they're talking about different topics, whether it's, you know, children, whatever it is. It shows that you put your different sides to talk to each other. So this show actually is she features Candace Parker as well, you know, the great, you know, Los Angeles Sparks player, you know, Tennessee All-American player. You know, one of the, one of the first women to be dunking left and right. You know, she gets you know platform on there. She's talking, so now you're engaging women in the conversation, and it's a really really good show. So I would check this show on HBO called The Shop. You know, LeBron James has his hands a lot of things, and it just shows me, it just shows a lot of people that um, you are more, you know, utilizing your platform is very important. I think this is very important for me. It's very important, you know, creating a podcast, becoming a motivational speaker, you know, talking to different people, creating different avenues, training, whatever it is, creating different avenues for yourself to not only show that you can utilize this one conversation to bridge the gap to other things. Because at one point it was just, you know, you utilize basketball so you get a college education, right? So you got that college education. Yeah, you go work your job, but you know what? You still love basketball. So how can I still get paid doing what I love? So you find, so now it's like, okay, well, people love hearing me talk. I love this game. I know this game. Well, let me go ahead and be a coach. I know how to teach. I know how to organize. Let me do this. Oh, you know what? I know how to run programs. Let me become a GM. You know what? I know how to run all kind of programs. Let me let me become the president. Like these are uh, these are things that you you develop yourself. 
You know, you know what? I'm bigger than basketball. You know what? I can edit these things. Let me become a producer on a basketball film. Guess what? Kobe Bryant, Oscar winner, reciting a little story about himself. Right? Like it's it's bigger than dribbling. It's exceeding and creating different avenues, doing what you love, right? And being a part of what you love, right? LeBron loves barbershop talk, loves basketball, loves his trials and tribulations. Those are two things that he's involved with that he made sure that he's involved with, right? Production's probably going to be more and more and more. I was just looking uh, earlier, Odell Beckham's contract. Odell Beckham has a five-year contract, $95 million. Now, we all know NFL money is not guaranteed, but his is almost. He's got $65 million guaranteed. What does Odell Beckham do with that money? And Odell Beckham, he probably should try to invest in some possible. But Odell Beckham could actually create something to share his story, right? He could take LeBron's story, LeBron's blueprint, and I'm going to say it's his blueprint because I didn't even talk about the biggest thing LeBron's done so far. But everyone has had a chance throughout these hundreds of years to be able to add to someone else's start, right? There was somebody before, you know, Jackie Robinson, right? There was somebody before the person before Jackie Robinson. Like, there's been people before that was a person before – you know, Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, right? You know? So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but people get to add on to other people's moves that they may have made and make it bigger and bigger. Why? Because time changed. And because that person opened the door, you may not always get the notarization that you probably want or they probably deserve or probably even know they're going to get notarization. So I would say situation like Odell Beckham, who gets 65 million guarantee out of 95, all he has to do is adjust himself, do what he got to do. He might even actually touch the 95 million dollars. They can't pull nothing. He's getting over half of what he's offered. <laughs> he's getting over half of the the contract. So even if he just goes to that 65 million, he'll flip it. His first contract is three million dollars, right? So hopefully he'll make the decision. I'm not counting the man money. I'm just saying when these people give you this money, don't just sit it in your pocket and don't blow it someplace. Just flip that stuff. Create different avenues. He made the Odell Beckham TV show or something like that. You know, we could take the Magic Johnson approach. I think it's part of the reason why LeBron came because he wants to be inspired like Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson's got his hand. Imagine, I bet you Magic Johnson don't know about no baseball. Got his hand in it, though, right? He didn't know about no Starbucks. Got his hand in it, though, right? It's bigger than sports. My podcast is going to be bigger than sports. But I'm just trying to let you know the expansion of that, right? Now, let's talk about LeBron James' biggest thing. He made a decision with the city of Akron to go ahead and create a school, right? He decided to create a school, right? So LeBron James created a school called the I Promise Program. You know, and it's great. There's probably been people who created a school before then or probably on a, on a smaller value. Ted Ginn Jr., someone I could think of who took over a school and, uh, and made a, a charter school in Cleveland, Ohio. But I'm just saying, like, LeBron took his money and he put it where his mouth is. He did the max he can do. He, he was allowed to keep it a public school, right? So 
and he's going to support that school, even helping parents graduate who necessarily didn't get a chance to graduate high school, help them get diplomas and ask them to get a job placement and college credit. All these kids will come out with college credits coming out of high school or whatever, you know, whatever grade they're in, they'll come out with some college credit at the U of A and actually not the U of A, sorry, the U of A, I'm sorry, University of Akron. Sorry, <laughs> can confuse where I'm at. But yeah, the University of Akron. So they come out already and uh, already got free education right there. That's a big move, man. Then you got the production company, you know, I, and it's not even that. Because it took 20 years for Kobe Bryant to make $200 million, right? He makes, you know, nine years ago, eight, probably eight years ago. I wouldn't even say that, right? Let's say, yeah. Not yet eight years ago, he makes an investment, a six million dollar investment, and he flips it to four hundred million dollars. He flips his two hundred and made four hundred million. Why? Because that six million dollar investment turned two hundred. So now his net worth is four hundred million dollars, right? And he has everything. He has his own production company, such things like that. It's being larger than the game. It's not about shut up and dribble. It's about flipping opportunities that are provided to you, which are very limited, and you're making good with those opportunities. Those are very important. That's a big lesson that we all need to learn, that now where you start is where you finish, right? You know, so that's exciting. So shout out to LeBron James. Uh, keep striving. Keep opening doors and windows. I'm, in, I'm always inspired. I'm in, definitely inspired in this situation, especially when it comes to production and such things like that. So it's exciting to see that, more importantly with that. So we, 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 we got to the point in the show where we 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 given up all the praises and LeBron James and the Kobe Bryant and such things like that. And I, <laughs> I just look at these other opportunities that people provide for themselves I think it's one of the biggest thing because it's bigger. It's bigger than just dribbling or catching a, a football or such things like that. You know, someone else I think about who doesn't get the accolades that um, LeBron probably has, and that's Jamal Mashburn. Jamal Mashburn played for University of Kentucky, but Jamal Mashburn, um, when he retired, he ended up owning thirty-one different Papa John's and like twenty. I want to say another food restaurant, chain restaurant, and such things like that. So I think that was remarkable for him. You know, there's even, you know, I, I see entertainers do that. Like, you know, I see entertainers flip their and create investments and keep making money for themselves because we wasn't given the blueprint coming up. We, I, 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 you know, so it's good to see certain athletes be able to flip their coins, something like that. So congratulations to that. That's a more important thing. Now here, I am in sunny Arizona. Now it's been raining all summer, but my experience here in Arizona has been wonderful. You know, I I came here not knowing any. I knew two people here. My relatives, I, they don't even count. So I knew two people outside of my relatives, right? And and one thing I noticed about Arizona is it's very friendly. It's close to Los Angeles. It's close to San Diego. It's close to Mexico. I'm learning a lot from different people, and it's a melting pot. And it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. And now I get the opportunity to coach basketball with some young bulls and teach them, you know, different ways and then show them, you know, that other people know the sport too and, you know, and 
I'm excited to see our, we have this thing called Fall League. So it's almost just like you know, the colleges when they get to test out, see what's going on. So I'm excited about that. So you see, you'll get a lot of content regards of that as well. Uh, with the Fall League coming up, we'll be able for the next seven weeks, be able to play basketball every Saturday, see how that goes. Um, you know, I'm working on getting other people on the show as well. I know I always say this, but I end up filming myself. Why? Because it's just easier because it's real personal. You know, I'm talking about what's on my mind and what I'm thinking and being part of this game and loving this game. And and, and I see other people's trials and trials and tribulations this game. It's exciting me. It makes me want to talk. But I will open it up the floor for other people to get involved as well and be able to share their story because I know a lot of people gave me a lot of great reviews when I interviewed Coach Keith Neal out of Columbus, Ohio. You should have saw Coach Neal's um, his big, 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 I don't know, there was like six different like scoring books assessing like that, the different people that he worked with or trained with that came through his center. Um, I was before I moved, I was supposed to do a uh, another feature with him. I never got to. So when I get back to Ohio, I'll make sure I call him up and see if I get another feature. When you show me all those books and stuff, I was really, I was really, really impressed um, him. And it was like he was naming all these different people that he worked with. Herb Williams, who actually had what twenty two years in the NBA, and Michael Ray, who had a good year, great uh, career at OSU, uh, and great. Uh, I'd say a decent career with Milwaukee Bucks, and actually became an Olympic champion in two thousand and eight. Uh, to even Chris Carter, right? Now, speaking of Chris Carter, Chris Carter sits beside someone who I can't stand. You know. And that's why I said we got to create our own narrative because you'll have people like Nick Wright, right, who is someone who has no experience and somehow got an anchor job and feel like he has all the experience. And the biggest thing is he criticizes Kobe Bryant for some reason, which I don't know. But it's always good to see people when they have people come in and get the record straight and say, hey, why are you always thrashing on certain people and such like that? But, you know, seeing Chris Carter, but it should be someone else with that experience sitting right next to Chris Carter to really have a fair debate and conversation. They won't just be speaking from a fan standpoint. They're actually talking from experience. So uh, I would like to see that one day. As of Nick Wright, no, thank you, man. You can go somewhere. You really can go somewhere for real, for real. So, but we need to get more people creating like Shannon Sharp, who actually is an NFL Hall of Famer, but he has experience being a professional athlete, so he can talk about different topics. Stephen A. Smith, you know, he actually played, you know, college basketball. Well, he got offered to play college basketball at St. Houston State. So he has that experience. He's been around the sport for a long time. Same thing with, you know, Skip Bayless. He may not be the biggest LeBron fan. Heck, I'm not either. But, you know, he gives credit when credit's due. And he has a lot of experience covering sports. So, but it's nothing wrong with people. You know what? I forgot to say something. Shout out to Jamel Hill, right? Jamel Hill is a sports anchor um, for ESPN. The reason why she's so important because Jamel Hill says some things online. It wasn't too uh, kind uh, to the president of the United States. You know, and she actually got shunned for it by ESPN. But basically, she got to the point where, like, they made a mutual decision to part ways, a multi-million dollar decision to part ways. 
Now watch Jamel Hill flip that situation. I guarantee you, Jamel Hill, shout out to her. She'll flip, she'll create her own. She actually isn't, not a thought about it. She is in the process of creating her own production company to create her own platform. And she's going to create opportunities for other people or just like her or not just like her, but one opportunity to work for someone who's going to let you speak your mind and be creative and be more than just the script. Not the ball, it'd be more than just a script. Because why? That's how she started. She started out a podcast situation, then got herself on TV. And I guarantee she's going to get an opportunity to someone else. That's what I'm talking about. It's about the opportunity you provide for others. It's about the story you share with others. If you're not sharing your story, you're not providing opportunities for other ones, then you can't really say you really are doing things in life. You're not helping. The whole point, when, when, a, when a mother and a father creates a family... They raise that family, right? They show that family, right? They do their best they can do with that family. They teach them what they know. And what they don't know, they find out. It's the same situation. It's all about development of the human. The human. It's all about developing you. The human species has to be developed. That's all to it. That's all life is. You evolve. Speaking of evolve, I do have another podcast. Um, it's going to be more of a dark contact. It's called The Evolver. When I basically talk about people who evolve from situations, I'll be interviewing men and women who evolve for their certain situation. They will share their current situation in life and things they may have overcome. It's about evolving. Life is about evolving. We all have a different experience they want to go through, right? At the end of the day, it's about triumph. It's always about triumph. So we're excited. You know, we're, we're, we're hitting into fall, you know, um, right now, we're watching uh, Serena Williams do her thing uh, in the U.S. Open, you know. But you know, I, which I personally feel Serena Williams is the best, the greatest athlete ever. Period. I don't care what sport. She's the greatest athlete. So I love Serena Williams. So we're in the process of watching that. But we're in the fall football season right now. Shout out to Kevin Selma who took over University of Arizona at the hard stint over there at Texas A&M. Um, I'm excited to see him have a chance to win and a chance to really grow a program out here. I, I really feel like the only thing would be in his way is this Arizona heat because it's ridiculous, but it's dry heat, so I've been making it. I'm sure he's been making it. He spent time in Texas, so, you know, he coached at Houston and uh, Texas A&M, so he has a little experience in Texas, so U of A should be a little bit different. But it's good to see him have, have an opportunity out here. And it's just a perfect time that he moves out here and I move out here. So I'm really rooting on U of A, learning the players, learning the system, such things like that, being a fan of Kevin Sumlin and his progression. Because I feel if Alabama went in the Auburn, all the schools went in this way a couple of those years, uh, we, Texas A&M, would make it to the national championship, period. Period. That's just the way it would have went. If we stayed in the Big 12, we didn't win the Big 12, period. But you know what? It's over with. It's a new day. You know, Texas A&M made a decision and got another coach, and that's fine for them. And, you know, U of A picked Kevin Sumlin. That's fine for Kevin Sumlin. All, all, everything doesn't always fit forever. Sometimes you outgrow your shoes and everything. <laughs> so that's a good situation. Um, <clears throat> I'm just excited for – progression this year. I'm excited to see athletes step out and do different things. I'm excited to, you know, be coaching basketball again. Well, I say continue. I feel like I left. I never left. Well, you know, being a head coach again, you'll say that I'm excited to be a head coach of basketball again. Um, 
I'm excited. The opportunity has been provided to me in my life. I'm like, I'm excited to to keep building my my brand uh, with the City of Coaches podcast. As shot as I am, um, you can reach me at shot as I am one at gmail.com. If you have any questions or input, well, the coolest thing about Anchor Radio, I know Anchor, uh, I know. I go to different stations and stuff like that, but Anchor is where I perform at. Um, you actually can call in and make suggestions and stuff like that. You want me to add to the show? Um, any anyone listening uh, in the Arizona area, the Southern Arizona area that actually knows a coach that wants to be involved and wants to sit down and talk to me, um, play back the Keith Neal interview. They can see how my interview skills are going, and if you want them to talk about sports, I'd be more happy to have them. Um, I'm going to close out today's episode. Um, I'm trying to upload a little bit more often, uh, create more content. I will share the link to the YouTube channel um, coming up. I'm actually recording my uh, first year here in Arizona as a coach. So learning the state, learning different programs, something like that. So if you're interested, keep learning my progression in life and, and see what I got going on. Please don't hesitate to subscribe to you know the city of coaches podcast and all your platforms at this point we're streaming on nine different platforms right now you know it's definitely with uh anchor and spotify and apple so make sure you go ahead and uh subscribe to those channels um and that is all uh once again i want to thank you for listening to city coaches podcast and i have a wonderful day